Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. With your chance to be heard, give your opinion, bash on the liberals, even make fun of the wacky left. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. I'm doing an informal poll with guests on what they think of uh, the new intro to the show. Zach is a usual guest. Zach rents from Washington County Water Conservancy District. Uh, Zach, uh, A, B, C, what do you think on the new intro? I, I like it. And, and I like the song from the, the old Andy show. Yeah, so. yeah okay, cool. So, uh, Zach brought with him Brad Fuller, right? And say, is, that, is that the right name? Yes. All right, Brad. Welcome to the program. Appreciate you coming up. Yeah, one thing about the radio, you got to stick that mic right there in your face and talk right into it. So uh, uh, we'll talk about what these guys do and why they're here and stuff in just a second. A couple of uh, thank yous. First of all, thanks to Dan and Dixie for calling and winning the tickets to Vinyl Fusion and the Rock Bowl uh, Friday night. We are later on in this program. I'm going to give away a punch pass for Washington City Community Center. Uh, it's a 20 punch pass. You can go 20 times for absolutely free. And then the big prize toward the end of the program, uh, an annual family pass. So you and your 18 kids or whatever it is, uh, all of you get a free pass to the community center for one year. All that's coming up later on in the program. Also have some news on the Rush Limbaugh show. Of course, we know we lost Rush a couple of months ago. He hasn't been, uh, uh, well, they're, they're kind of, they've been keeping the show going with guests. They call them guide hosts, and uh, they've been playing a lot of Rush. Uh, they announced yesterday, they didn't announce, but they sent an email to all their affiliates, one of which is us, that uh, they have a huge announcement coming up within two weeks about the uh, Rush Limbaugh show. Now, something kind of weird and deceptive happened. That Dan Bongino, who's very good, uh, very good broadcaster, uh, they announced that Dan, this is not Premier, the, the people that run Rush Limbaugh, it was Cumulus Media, announced that Dan Bongino was the new replacement for Rush Limbaugh, which is all fine and dandy, but Cumulus has no rights to the Rush Limbaugh time slot anywhere in the country. So they basically said, yeah, we're going to replace Rush with Dan Bongino, but we can't really do that. And so people have been uh, text, texting and emailing me, Zach, saying, hey, what, what are you going to do? When's Bongino start? Well, uh, Dan, Dan Bongino's show has already started in some stations around the country. But here at Cherry Creek, we've decided to stick with Premier for now. Uh, again, they said they're going to make a big announcement within the next couple of weeks, and we'll find out who. And, and by the way, they added at the end of their little, little uh, announcement, they added a little tease that said, we think our affiliates are going to be very happy hmm. with the new announcement. I don't know what that means. I know it's not me. So <laughs> I can't even imagine doing a three-hour show every day. That would be a lot of work. So, All right, uh, we're here with Zach Renstrom and Brad Fuller from the Washington County Water Conservancy District. Technically, Brad, I guess he's your boss, huh? He could fire you right now. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. correct. Yeah, You're not going to do that, are you, Zach? Absolutely not. Okay. Brad's one of our best employees. I, I run the risk of getting fired almost every day here <laughs> at the station because I, I do th- I, the bosses say, hey, don't do this, and I do it. You know, that's, that's the way things are. I try not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, fortunately, they don't listen to my show that often, I guess, because <laughs> they don't find out about it till much later. So uh, obviously, water is a huge topic. Somebody was said, yesterday was joking around on the, on the program. They said, uh, you think the gas wars were bad? Wait till we get to the water wars here in southern Utah. Man, I hope it doesn't come to that, Zach, but uh, it's kind of looking a little sketchy right now. Yeah, we, we definitely are in a drought. I think this year uh, we'll end up having the lowest flows on the Virgin Rivers ever recorded. Ever? Ever. Um, wow. It, it was, it was pretty, a pretty bad winter, and our soils were very dry. And so it, we essentially did not have a runoff at all this year, and the rivers already dropped. In fact, 
we're uh we actually take water out of our reservoirs and put them back into the river um, for the fish. And usually we don't do that until like July or August, but we're looking at actually having to do that earlier this year in June. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, you know, we, we talk about, I'll let you introduce Brad and talk about what he does in a minute, but, um, we talk about the drought and we talk about how bad it is, but uh, we're try- I'm trying to look at it through maybe rose-colored glasses a little bit. You came on last month and talked about the reservoir still being a, a good percent full mm-hmm. and-, and things like that, and-, and-, and we're not in horrid shape. But at this point, I guess, is the only answer we need more moisture? Is is that the answer for us here in the desert? Yes, that's a pretty simple one. We rain. always need, yeah, we need <laughs> rain. I, um, I've actually reached out to several religious um, leaders in the community and actually asked their congregations to start praying for rain. Wow. Um, and I, I know uh, at the state level, they're also asked, you, you'll most likely see something come out where the same thing that we, we do need rain. And we have an amazing infrastructure right now that carries us through these times of droughts, but there's a certain point that, you know, right now those les- reservoirs are drop, dropping. And usually at this time of year, we're actually putting more water into the reservoirs, oh. but for this year, we're actually in the process right now, they're going down. Um, oh. And so we have to have that moisture to, to bring them back up. And so we're really hoping for a good monsoonal rains this summer. And it's not just a St. George or Washington County problem, right? No, it's all over the western United States, yeah. Wow. The entire state of Utah, pretty much anywhere in the Colorado River Basin, um, state of Oregon, state of Washington. It's just the western United States. Your job is kind of a best of times, worst of times kind of <laughs> job, isn't it? It is. I, I, Ron Thompson, who I replace, he, he jokes uh, with me. He says, Zach, when I left the job, the reservoirs were at hundred percent and everything was fine. What, what, what have you done in a year and a half? What is wrong with you, man? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, well, let's bring Brad in. You want to sure, talk about yeah. him a little bit? So I'd like to introduce Brad Fuller. Um, uh, several times when I come on the show, I, I like to brag about the wonderful individuals I get to work with and their dedication and their commitment to the community. Um, and I brought Brad Fuller on for a couple of reasons today is, is he's one of those individuals that it could be in the, at midnight and he has to get out there and make sure that the pipes are working and our system's working. And it, it's a very difficult job. But the other great thing about Brad is he actually had a very distinguished military career. Cool. And with Memorial Day coming up, I thought it'd be great to come and introduce him. Um, I, you, you, grad, you retired as a colonel. Colonel, yeah. Yes. And so he served his country for years and years and years uh, and, and did a great job serving our country. But now he's here serving our community. And I guess a call out, you know, one of the things I'd like to, to tell, you know, the callers out there, um, we hired a, a veteran and it's been amazing. He has amazing leadership abilities. Um, and, and I've seen with him coming on and working with the crews and especially the younger guys, um, that, that leadership quality. And I don't know if it was, it was just born in and Brad or if he learned it in the military, but he's been able to teach that to our, some of our younger crew members that have really benefited from that. And so I think Brad's just a great guy. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to work with him. And so I thought it'd be just really cool um, to bring him on here and introduce him and, and let him talk maybe a little bit about his career and why he ended up helping out his community with the water. Very cool. Brad, tell us about what you do right now first. Uh, currently right now, my assigned area is Tocqueville. I'm, I currently work with the irrigation um, process right now. And my job is to make sure that everybody has water when they want it and that uh, the ponds are full and that if there's a lake that I'm on it and that I respond to those people who have challenges who may or may not understand the system and whether it be their coordination or a time frame but make sure they understand what they have and when they have it and that uh, it's not being withheld it's not being 
you know, distributed, but my job is to make sure that I am always available to anybody as soon as possible so that we don't have um, confusion, that we do have an understanding of what we have and how it's distributed. Very cool. Now, he, he mentioned that you occasionally have gotten called out in, uh, for lack of a better word, <laughs> icky situations <laughs> or sticky situations. That happened very often? Um, it, I don't, I think it, it happens. I mean, I've been here for almost two years and it, it happens on occasion, but the most important part is whether it's a culinary system or an irrigation system, you need it back online as soon as possible. And mm. we're fortunate, the support that we have, that we're able to respond anywhere, anytime. And we do, the, we have great people. We have tremendous people in the field. We have great bosses. So it's, it's an easy fix to go out and support somebody who truly doesn't understand something that's going on with the water yeah um, they have a perception of it and we do our best to get it back online as soon as possible sometimes that happens sometimes it doesn't it may take another day depending if we have the parts or not i think you describe most of us when you say we kind of have a concept of what's happening but that we don't really know how it all works no it's so. pretty challenging when you look from you know when you look at the years of history of how how this has been established where it comes from how it's allocated the systems that it was provided for originally, where it's at right now, and is it ever-changing with new construction, change in demographics, change of where the property lines are, change of how the water is utilized, it, pre- it presents a lot of challenges. Now, if those of you that obviously you can't see Brad, but Brad is, uh, is pretty well built. And he's, <laughs> he's not a young fella. He's not, you know, he's not a whippersnapper like Zach over here, but it's <laughs> kidding, Zach. No, uh, you're good. But, but uh, I, I get a feeling you work out a little bit. Is that true? I try to a little bit. Yeah. I need to be able to keep up with the guys in the field, and I got to be able to still run a shovel a little bit. So Nice. All right. Tell us, uh, obviously, I, I agree with Zach. It's great to have a veteran on, on the program. Can you tell us a little bit about your military career? You know, I, I need to, I, I guess, first say that, and this all started, I mean, I'm, I come from a family who has many people that serve. My dad, uh, my uncle Leon Smith. I have my uncle Garlundberg. I have tons of relatives of the Hoyts and the Pendletons and the Angels. Um, when I went to high school, I was very fortunate. I had a teacher by the name of Doug Drake. Okay. He took me for a walk down the hall one day, and I ended up meeting some amazing gentlemen that I've known and watched me my whole life was Stan Staley and Frank Staley. Oh, and they, Frank. Yeah. they helped me get into the guard, and they've helped guide and you know, between my family and them and this community, I've, I've been fortunate to have opportunities, and I've, I feel very grateful for that. And I've been a part of the Utah National Guard since 1979. I retired in 2015. And uh, in conjunction with that, I was able to work for the fire department, for the city of Henderson Fire Department, for a little over 20 years before I went to Iraq with the Triple Deuce. Yeah, yeah, we went out there. With, any chance you knew a guy by the name of Cade Boardman while you were out there? He was, he was a, you know, I, I don't, I have no idea rank or anything. I just know he's, he served over in the Triple Deuce over there as well, friend of mine. He's the guy that does the high voltage barbecue out of Perrin and comes down to town occasionally. <laughs> nice. If it has something to do with barbecue, I probably know about. It <laughs> nice, that's that's who I am. But uh, uh, one of the things, uh, and you know, it strikes me that guys like you don't really like to talk about your time. Uh, spent overseas and spent in, in other countries because there are some experiences that you'd rather not share and experiences you'd rather not talk about. But one of the things that I was impressed with with Kate and probably you too is it was a lot harder over there than people think. I mean, we the general I think perception is uh, with us Americans is yeah we went over there we kicked butt and we came home. But it wasn't 
quite that simple, especially when you talk about some of the things, you, you know, people you couldn't trust, you thought you trusted or whatever, and with the locals and stuff. It was a hard time over there, wasn't it? Yeah, there, there's a, a several challenges, I mean, and they're daily. And I went over there as a battalion commander of about 540 personnel. Wow. I had fortunately I have a, a, obviously amazing support group, not only within the soldiers, but most importantly, the families. Not only those for who had had kids that were serving or did serving, but throughout the state, um, amazing support while we were in Iraq. And with all the challenges going on, politics aside, our support infrastructure was outstanding. Um, there are many challenges. There's things I wish I could have done better in many areas, but I can tell you that the personnel that went with us and the families that we had support us uh, couldn't have been better. They were truly outstanding. Kate was telling me when they first got sent out there, uh, all the the soldiers that had been there a while got put in these permanent buildings, you know, while the while the enemy is lobbing random shells or whatever. <laughs> and he said they got put in tents. And he's like, wait a minute, how come these guys get <laughs> concrete and we get you know vinyl or a cloth or whatever? So a real challenge when you first got there. Well, thank you, by the way, for your service and thank you for your efforts on our behalf. Uh, I don't know that we do it enough, Zach. Thank the people like Brad who have served and, and put the time in. Uh, I have a, we have a regular caller who we call him Mr. Snarly because he's, he's mad about everything all the time. <laughs> Zach has experienced him, but uh, he always says, what have you done for your country? And, uh, you know, I, I haven't served in the military, but mm-hmm. I sure uh, have a lot of gratefulness and, and, and uh, uh, respect for people that have. And I try to, you know, do my part by raising good kids, kids that aren't in prison and kids that are contributing to society, you know. Uh, Zach, his kids are a little younger, but hopefully you can keep those out of those kids out of prison too. Zach, I, I, my wife and I are doing our best. <laughs> I know, I know that you are. Uh, all right, well, um, you know, anything else, Brad? You wanted to share about uh, your military time and, and the triple deuce? You know, I, I just we have an amazing community, and uh, as you get older, you realize what an amazing family foundation this place has been for so many years, and it's such a huge attraction to so many people who want to be here um, to this day the foundation and the fabric of the families. Um, that's a, a truly the, one of the most amazing things, attributes that goes out to supporting not only our community, how it evolves. Yes, there are challenges, but the way this community was formed by so many outstanding people, it's an example for everybody. And it's just, it's been an outstanding, be even a, a small part of it, no matter what. Yeah, well said. I, I was talking yesterday with uh, Jordan Verdadera, who is the ABC4 reporter here, uh, just been in southern Utah like six weeks. I mean, she's just brand new here. And uh, she was asking me about the whole Dixie name and how the area was settled. And I said, and, I, and we have a great view here from the studio, kind of looking out toward the east with the, the park and, and the red rocks. And I said, look out there. I said, now take away everything that's green. Imagine mm-hmm. this place with no green. It's just tumbleweeds and red rock. And, and I said, that's what they were assigned to do was to come down and settle this place without any green and create some green out of it. And, uh, of, of course they did an amazing job and we're grateful that we're here, but the water, <laughs> water continues to be a battle. We like our green stuff, Zach. How do we keep it green? Is it, what, what are some of the things we can do? Well, there's several things you can do. Um, so use your water as wisely as possible. And so if you go to our website, wcwcd.org, Go to that. They have some good recommendations on what you can do to still have that green look and a beautiful landscaping and use water very efficiently. We invite people to come up to our desert gardens up um, by the Dixie Rock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they can walk around. And that's a very, very water-efficient uh, landscaping. But it's still very green with lots of shade, and it's very beautiful. And so 
that's that's what we continue to ask people to do, especially this year uh, with the drought situation that's going on. That you can you can go and you can we can still have that beautiful landscaping that we love here, um, but you still can use your water really efficiently and wisely. You mentioned it last month, but uh, I think it's worth mentioning again. We are not saying get rid of your trees. No, we are not saying get rid of all your vegetation. No. Uh, in fact, it's been found that actually having the trees, uh, may, although they use, may use some water, actually helps to cool things down and actually helps to save water. That's correct, and and also a lot of electricity. And so there has been some communities where they've gone and ripped out all their trees and realized they made a huge mistake because yeah. you get a heat heat island effect from the concrete and the asphalt and things like that. And so, um, and that's why if you go up to the desert garden, you'll see a lot of uh, desert friendly trees up there with, with a lot of vegetation. And so that's what we really encourage people to do, and especially when, when they're looking at redoing their landscaping. Um, think about it, because there are some trees that do use a lot of water, and there are some trees that are more uh, drought, water-friendly, and we would encourage people to plant those type of trees. Very cool. Uh, you ready to take a phone call? Seth has been on hold for a few minutes. Sure. <laughs> All right, Seth. Hey, you ready you're for on. Seth? Brad? <laughs> He's ready. Okay. Seth, you're on with Zach and Brad and Andy. What's up? I would like to compliment you gentlemen and say that um, I salute the veterans, and um, there's a lot of veterans up in Central, seems to be a veteran magnet, and we're a little concerned about, I talked to Zach earlier in the year and um, talked about mitigating and grinding up all the dead trees that have been fallen inside your property there and extending a fence to the other side. And uh, I see Robert Gray has got his cattle in there, and all of that perennial ryegrass is disappearing into bellies and turning into hamburgers. <laughs> And so uh, I'm wondering where that status of that project would be and uh, how soon can we see that those trees ground up and the fences erected? Yeah, so he, Seth is specifically talking about the land that the Water District owns up in central Utah, um, up there at the little town, central. Not uh, central Utah, but the town of central, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what happened is several years ago, their drinking water system, which is a private water system, was uh, running into some issues. So the water district went up there. Um, there's a wellhead protection zone. So where you have a drinking well, you have to protect the land around it, make sure that well doesn't get contaminated. So the water district several years ago went up there and purchased that land to, to ensure that they have safe drinking water up there. So we own that land, um, and we protect that land for the specific reason of that those drinking wells. So Seth brings up that, you know, there's a potential for fire up there. And so how we can mitigate those fire uh, issues is, you know, we, we graze at certain times of the year. We'll, we'll have some farmers that will go and put their cattle on there and eat down that grass. And then the other thing is we, we have up on this piece of property, we have some trees. So on this one, I reached out to the county uh, wildlands fire guy. His name's Adam Heideman. And uh, I've asked him to go up there and evaluate and look at it. And he has gone up there. And once he gets, he's going to go up there and, and do the mitigation that we need to do on that land. Um, I know he's done a little bit of work up there uh, teaching people, well, teaching firefighters how to cut up trees and stuff like that. And he just plans to continue to do that. And so all I will follow up to on that and see where he's at on it. But it's kind of in his hands right now. Um, 
Right. If you'd let me know, I've sure. got neighbors and and other folks that are you know concerned about that hazard and yeah. and being adjacent to our homes and under these uh, red flag conditions and unrelenting winds and uh, we're having the juniper trees uh, dying and I've never seen that kind of situation but I think it's indicative of the fact that the subsoil is being depleted by them picking up that uh, available moisture and then the wind coming 50 mile an hour wind broke off the flowers and the stems off my grapevines. Wow. Now after 21 years of master gardening I've never seen the wind bust off my uh, um, stems and new growth on my grapes. Wow. wow. It's dry and windy, that's for sure. Th- thank you, Seth. Great to talk to you this morning. Thank you, sir. Thanks. We are going to give away some passes here. I have uh, some interesting questions for Zach here in a minute. Uh, uh, there, there are, I, this is a question, and you probably get it all the time too, Zach, and we'll address it after the break, but people ask me over and over and over again, what are we going to do when when we keep, I mean, all, you, all around this whole county, the houses after how, new houses, new builds, apartments and everything. And what are we going to do when all these people want water and we don't have any left? Yep. So we'll That's a good talk, question. We'll talk about that when we come back. All right. Prize number two. We're going to give it away right now. It is the 20-punch pass for the Washington City Community Center. So maybe you want to go check it out, see if it's a good place to work out, uh, if it uh, is to your liking. So give me a call right now uh, for the 20-punch pass for Washington City Community Center. Later on in the program, I'm going to give away a family annual pass. Uh, but right now, the 20-punch pass. Uh, and by the way, thanks to Dan and Dixie for calling and winning those uh, tickets to Vinyl Fusion out of the Rock Bowl. Uh, I'll take caller number four. I'm going to take it off the air so we can uh, take care of business. So if uh, you get uh, your, if you're caller number four, be patient. I'll get to you. This is America for crying out loud. Traditional, conservative, capitalistic. Let's band together and melt the snowflakes on The Andy Griffin Show. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome back to The Andy Griffin Show. Here every day at 9 o'clock, rain or shine. And if I don't take days off. Oh, wait, we have a holiday Monday, so I am taking a day off. Sorry. So, welcome back to the program. Zach Rents from Washington County Water Conservancy District, Czar, I like to call him. I don't, I don't know that he likes it. Do you like that? or? Oh, it's it's a lot better than some things that I've been called. So, <laughs> Good point. Good point. And Brad Fuller is here, too. Brad is uh, – do you have an official title, Brad? Just field crew. Field crew. Yes. Right. And Brad is a, a veteran, a, a colonel, right? Retired, yes. Retired colonel. I had uh, – I've had several colonels on the program before. I've never had a general, so maybe someday I can get a general on there. But uh, being a colonel is pretty pretty cool deal. No, I'm very fortunate. Very fortunate. A lot of people helped in all that. You said you were you're commanding 500 and something troops in uh, out in Iraq when the battalion was deployed from here. We had around 540 personnel. That's a lot of folks. But when you're in charge of that many people, are, are there? Do you have to kind of shut, slough off some of the headaches, the little things to, to your, uh, you know, your, your, your kind of delegate, I guess is the word? Or are you in charge of the day-to-day of everybody, making everybody happy? Uh, I think uh, you, when you're in charge, I think you realize that um, when you're in command and you have so many other commanders that are within the battalion, hmm. um, you, you're there to serve everybody. You're accountable and responsible always. It doesn't matter how little or big the, the challenge is. 
uh, we have to we're we're you know we have an obligation to provide everything we can so that those people out in the out in the dirt doing the work have everything they need and there are a lot of challenges with that but there's so many people that have been there and done that and understand that without hesitancy I, I've always been a guy, I like to have a clear, defined objective so that I can go after it. And Did, did you guys have a clear, defined objective when you were there in Iraq? I think the, I can safely say without exaggerating, your objective could change, you know, 50 times that oh, day. Oh, and, uh, and that's very frustrating for yeah. those personnel on the ground, and especially when you're, they're trying to understand their rules of engagement and all of that, how they're being supported and supplied and and obviously that communication, not only to them, but to the families back home, it's truly very challenging. People are extremely frustrated, and understandably so, but the environment uh, is indicative of just not understanding. You don't have step one, two, three of how things are going to get done or even how to get everybody home. Right, right, yeah. Uh, well, again, thank you for your efforts and service over there. We, I, I hope people know how hard it was. It was not easy over there. Well, we're fortunate with the community we have, and I, I just need to put a shout-out to the city of St. George, Mayor Randall, um, Councilman Smithers. They're supporting a Gold Star program that supports families who have lost loved ones and friends, and it is, uh, to me, it's a foundational thing for a long-during memory for these families that who served in so many ways. Uh, yeah. People don't understand that the, I think the toughest part of any deployment is truly on the families because they don't know and they aren't always provided information if any and i had families that were truly upset with me when i wouldn't communicate when soldiers could return home until after they'd crossed into you know american waters and that was just for their own safety but sorry but i can't tell you (laughs) yeah and we're so fortunate we have a community that is right on top of it they're doing an outstanding job of putting together this gold star family program memorial and looking to do anything they can to support these families and keep those memories alive and healthy, which is a foundation of this community like it always has been. Yeah, very cool. All right, thank you, Colonel. Or retired, Brad. Are you still Colonel? Colonel? Brad. Yeah, I'm, I'm just Brad. I'm, uh, all right. You I'm see nobody. why I like working with this I'm guy nobody. now. I'm I got a shovel in my truck is about how important <laughs> I am right now. So. <laughs> Things change over time. <laughs> but it's neat to me to see that he got that leadership skills yeah. in, the, in the military, and, and now he's brought it local. And how he's still serving his community local, and and he kind of he, he's being humble, but it really is neat to see how he's helping the younger individuals at, at the water district, and te- not just like being a leader to them, but actually teaching them the leadership skills that they will need, you know, as they grow older. And that's that's just really inspirational to see. You know, you know Brad, I've covered sports my whole life, uh, and and over the years I've seen this, uh, uh, I think, sad transformation where young people. And I don't want to categorize them all this way, but a lot of young people aren't very motivated. Uh, and I've, I've had coaches come to me and say, man, coaching has changed. I can't do what I used to do to get the guys motivated. Have you seen that as a, as a commanding officer over the years where the young people come in and they've changed a bit? Yes. I mean, I started out enlisted in 1979. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, making the transition to an officer in the last 10 to 12 years, when you are responsible for providing communication, understanding of a job to a young person that's in, Mm -hmm. there's a a ton of questions. And the the seriousness of the mission, the seriousness of their training, we pretty much had to be hands-on with them to make sure they start to embrace what their responsibility was, not only to themselves, because 
for the most part, they come in with thinking of themselves, sure. but they don't understand if they're not paying attention to their left and right limits, their responsibility, it covers their friends and everything around them, and let alone what goes on back behind the lines. And I think that's the biggest challenge is people truly embracing ownership in a process. And as a commander, your job is to try to provide an environment where that can cultivate and evolve. And it truly is a challenge. And to this day, the challenge is that most people aren't pushed to a point where they do appreciate where they come from. They do appreciate what is coming up and what is going on. And that comes to a community trying to put get that in play. But it's, it, I think it gets more and more challenging as time goes on. Yeah. Uh, to me, one of the great services that Hollywood ever did for the military was to put together Saving Private Ryan because there was a lot of, a lot of realism in Private Ryan that wasn't in most war movies. Uh, not only the scary, sad, you know, gory parts, but the, the realism of, I, I remember the, the, the main character, Tom Hanks, he said, I don't know what the mission is for sure. I know that this is my only way to get home is to fulfill my mission. Exactly. So, yeah, great, great words there. Thank you again, uh, Brad. Uh, we want to talk with Zach about another kind of weird little war we're going, that's going on here <laughs> at home, and that's a war on trying to get enough water for everybody, Zach. And I think what I'm going to do, we, we want to devote maybe the last 15 minutes to, the, to okay. this question. Uh, so I'm going to take another break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, all the new builds, all the uh, water being um, almost literally sucked up, uh, <laughs> and, and how in the heck uh, this is all going to work because uh, the logical brain looks at it and goes, this isn't going to work. Maybe Zach can, maybe Zach can enlighten us. One more prize to give away on the show. It's right now. Give me a call, 673-5890. This one is a primo prize. It's an annual family pass to the Washington City Community Center. Uh, if you're going to use this thing, uh, please call in. If you don't think you'll use it, don't call in just, just to win a prize. This is a good one. Again, it's an annual family pass to the Washington City Community Center. That means you, your spouse, your kids all get to go uh, for a year absolutely free. So give me a call right now, 673-5890. We'll take your call. Uh, in fact, I have a winner. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on. We're going to take your uh, call on, uh, on the air here. Who, who's this? Yeah, turn your radio down. Who's this? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how you doing today, man? Great. Thank you for listening. I believe you might just be our winner of that uh, annual pass to the Washington City Community Center, man. Hey, very good. Thanks, Andy. Congratulations for uh, calling in. I actually I have a habit of taking caller four because I don't want the fastest person to get it every single time. But uh, I think four is a good number. And, Kevin, you are number four. Hang on the line. I'll get your information as we go to break, okay? All right. Thank you. We'll put him on hold. And uh, real quick, uh, I'll turn that down, and I'll turn you guys down so you don't have to deal with things here for, <laughs> for a minute. Uh, let me talk about Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney's specialty is customer service. You say, well, what does he do? He's a, he's a loan officer. But uh, Joe, uh, his big thing is making sure that you are taken care of all along the way. In fact, he has phenomenal reviews, uh, more than 500 reviews, and he's averaging 4.96 out of five stars. It's almost a perfect score. It's incredible. It's Joe Shoney, a dedicated loan consultant with solid experience in home loan origination. Joe is ready to meet the needs of the community and demonstrate why so many clients have put their trust in Joe Shoney and new American funding over the years. Give Joe a call today. Again, customer service is his thing at 435 435- 
590-6300. Be right back. We're interactive at The Andy Griffin Show. Call in now at 673-5890. Text in at 435-467-5842. Email at agriffin at cherrycreekmedia.com. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Down to about uh, 10, 11 minutes left on the program. Thanks for tuning in today. Guest is Zach Renstrom and Brad Fuller from the Washington County Conservancy District. And, uh, guys, thanks again for coming on today. It's been a fun program. Great to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, I, I've been teasing it, but we really – oh, and by the way, congratulations to Kevin for winning that pass. We'll get that to him after the program. Uh, water is obviously – I mean, it should be on everyone's mind that lives here, Zach. Um we see house after house after house being built. And, and according to our real estate friends, there's not enough still. Even though all the ones they're building, there's still not enough houses. I know we have impact fees and, you know, the people are paying, you know, 20 grand, whatever it is to, to build a new house. But money isn't water. Water <laughs> isn't money. How, how do we resolve all this, Zach? So with that money, though, we do take it and, and build infrastructure and, okay. and reservoirs and dams and uh, treatment plants. And that makes it possible for people to move here. Um, and so right now, our if a home is being built today, our infrastructure has been sized and designed to ensure that that new home has sufficient water supply for their needs. So so right now, we're okay, but you're right. At a certain point, uh, we're just going to reach that limit. Now, we have an active plan to do additional infrastructure. For example, we just barely finished... Uh, building a water treatment plant out by Sand Hollow Reservoir. So if you go out there now by the one uh, dike, mm-hmm. you'll see a big uh, stucco building out there. And so we, we built that specifically to increase the uh, supply that we have here. Um, next, not this fall, but the following fall, uh, we should start Toker Reservoir. We've been talking about it for years and years and years, but we finally will probably get the permits from the BLM in June. And so we'll start construction of that reservoir. Once again, that increases our capacity so, so the question is, is as a community, will we run out of water? And that, that discussion has actually happened historically multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Even here in St. George, you know, they got to a point and they're like, hey, we're done. And then the community got together and literally by picks and shovels dug a trench all the way up to the base of Pine Valley Mountain. Uh, and so, it, you know, it's, it's just that process. So as engineers, we always like to be way in front of that curve. Uh, with this rapid growth, it, it makes me nervous that the growth will. I mean, we're just building houses at a rap. I mean, one of the fastest growing communities in the nation. Yeah, we were. You know, ten year plan has become two year plan yeah. right now with the, with the building. Yeah, and so with that, uh, we're putting in a lot of resources to try to speed up some of our projects to make sure we have that puffer zone on that. Put in a lot of resources. What does that mean? That you you got more people working on them? Is that yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Resources or. Hiring oh, consultants. I thought you said racehorses. <laughs> oh no, resources. Sorry. <laughs> because racehorses works too. <laughs> I know. We need those too. <laughs> no resources. Yeah, okay. and so we we take those impact fees, and and I think that's important that people realize when when someone does move to our community, they do pay a lot of money specifically for water. They do. And I always tell people they don't have to pay uh, the impact fee; they just don't get any water. So you could have a, a very beautiful home with no water. Uh, I don't, don't have to pay that. Yeah. You save you 20 grand or whatever, but well, yeah, the, the, don't have anything to drink. The house won't be worth very much. No. And so, so we, fortunately the person before my job, I mean, we plan out 50 years in advance. And so 
with what's going on today and the infrastructure that we're, we're building right now was literally planned 20 years ago. So Toka Reservoir, which we hope, well, we should be getting the permits this summer. That was first discussed and talked about 20 years ago. Um, wow. Warner Valley, um, that's a reservoir that's been talked about. They've been talking about that since the Great Depression. <laughs> In fact, they were, there was talk about building it, but then literally Japan bombed Pearl Harbor and it wasn't built. And so that's what we have to think about. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why we talk about the Lake Powell Pipeline is, is when we look at, okay, where are we going to be at in 50 years and the resources that we need for the community at that time? You know, Lake Powell Pipeline is a, a key in that whole amount of infrastructure that we need. So another example is we're probably going to be expanding our water treatment plant out at Quell for, for a lot of this new growth. And we get the money for that expansion through impact fees. So, so Zach, nobody knows the future. I mean, you mm-hmm. couldn't, you, you, you try to mitigate it and, 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 you know, increase the odds that you're going to be right, but nobody really knows for sure. Uh, and a perfect example of that is what's happened here. You had, you know, your plan and then all of a sudden we had a pandemic and everyone from California <laughs> and Arizona wants to move here yeah. uh, and, and, you know, plans have to change or be accelerated or, or, or uh, you know, get the racehorses on it, yeah. so, so to speak. Uh, but, but um, how do you, how do you, are you comfortable predicting the future? Are you comfortable looking at it and saying, this is probably going to happen? Do you have, are the odds uh, good enough for you to be able to do that? If I could predict the future, I'd be a multi-multi-millionaire, first right. of all. You would have bought Bitcoin about five years yeah. ago or three years ago. But, but, anyway. but, but with that, though, is, is we do, we retain very, very intelligent people. And it's just not like one person. We, we look at multiple people, and there's other people, like state agencies that look at our, our long-term plan. Mm-hmm. And, and so we look at probabilities. And so we, we plan on the negative side, meaning we plan that we're going to have less water and actually more growth. And then if we happen to have, you know, a 10 really good wet years, great. Like, I'll be very happy. Um, the fish will be happy in the river, too. Yeah. So we kind of plan on the negative side. So we're planning on a, a, dry, a drier and climate. Um, now, you know, there's a lot of debate is, you know, are we just in a variability or anything? That? To us, we say, well, let's just plan for the, for the worst and, and hope for the best. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing. But the question is, is that will there be a certain point? If, if we don't keep on building infrastructure, there will be a point where I just go to the cities and say, I'm sorry, there's no more water supply. You can't do this anymore. Yeah, and at that time, the cities will have to make the determination, do they want to start ripping out parks, soccer fields, to free up that water capacity for new construction, or, or how do the cities want to do that? And that's really where it falls back to the cities. So as a water district, we, we have no ability, nor do we want to tell the cities what to do. Right. They're, they're the elected officials that have been chose what to do. And so we'll just say, you have this water supply now, as a city, you get to choose how you want to use your water supply and, and have that debate within their cities. You, you don't have the power to make that legislation, but you do have the power to tell them that uh, you better change something or, you know, or we're going to be in trouble, right? So Yeah, in our cities, we actually have, a, we have what's called the Regional Water Supply Agreement where all the cities work together. And, and that's one thing great about our community is, and I reach out to the mayors and, and their city staff a lot, we, we have an amazing community here that they all want to work together. And they want to come up with solutions. And so as we've been talking to the cities, especially during this drought time, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, hey, we, we're a community. We want to work together. Everything we can do, we're, we're going to help you. And so, yeah, I, I, I could reach out and, and make a request um, for the cities to take certain actions. And we, we have done that, like with the time of day watering ordinances. We reached out recently saying, hey, let's, let's make these uniforms. And the cities responded very well. Um, but I, as we move forward... 
how many permits do we allow in this community and what do we do with our limited resource? That will be up to the city councils to make that decision. I thought it was interesting when I talked with a couple of the different mayors the last couple of weeks. They said, well, uh, you know, there are people who use a lot of water and they pay for it and they don't care about that. Uh, But they said, for the most part, we need people to try to be good citizens. And Mm -hmm. I mean, is that enough, Zach? I I don't want to be legislated into having to do things, but can we ask people, hey, you know, don't waste water? Does that work? So since 2000, when the Water District really took on the the goal of conservation and and helping people educate them to use water wisely, our citizens have responded by that. So the the amount of water that an individual uses today is 30% less water than they used in 2000. Really? And that's just through sheer education. And in in talking to the cities and also my water board, we want to continue that education. You'll probably start seeing a lot more of that coming out here shortly because at least in our community, it's worked really well. Now, some other communities, they've gotten to the point where they had to use the strong arm of government mm. to get people. And I, and I hate that. Yeah. But, and, and I, the water district doesn't have any authority to do that anyways. But we've noticed here in our community, if we just do that simple things, that our, our citizens are wonderful. And, and they reach out to us a lot of times and ask for help. And we think that's great. And, and, you know, if we can help at all uh, here on KDX, we certainly like to be a part of that and, and, and let people know that uh, this is not an infinite resource. Yeah. It's finite. Uh, did want to ask you a couple of other things. Uh, first of all, fire. We had a big fire across the street here. Uh, four houses burned. Does fire affect water base at all, or, or do they use a small enough amount that it, it's not a factor? So there's two types of fires. We have our, like our, when we have a structure fire, like a home on fire or a building. Yeah. So we always have a reserve amount that's always saved just for those firefighters. Okay. And so in every single water tank, it's usually around 200,000 gallons of water that we'll, we'll just have saved that we do not ever use or dip into. Okay. So those firefighters can use it at any time that they need. The other fire that we're really concerned about is actually wildfires. Um, so a small structural fire, we'll, we'll see that impact, it's, and, and we can deal with that very quickly. But our big concern is, like, let's say, a big, large wildland fire, yeah. and that can substantially affect the water quality that comes in through our system and just um, the amount of runoff and everything like that. It just changes it. Now, a small little wildfire, that's no problem. But if we had, like, a massive one, let's say, above Zions National Park, or specifically, like, Kolob Reservoir, it would have a substantial effect upon the system, and it would hurt really bad. Okay, very good. One one last question. The other one I get all the time is, are we going to be okay? I mean, bottom line, are, are we going to be okay for water this year? So this year, because of our really robust infrastructure and what we've done with it and building out in the past, this year we should be fine. If we, if we have another repeat of this year going into next year, um, I will be utilizing your services coming in here and, and having a different message. And, and at that point, we may have to have the city's implement more strong-handed conservation mm-hmm. measures. Wow. Wow. So this year we're okay, bottom line. This year's okay, it but, happens again. but I'm asking everybody on the radio right now to pray for rain. Yeah. We, we need a good monsoonal rain to make sure those soils are saturated so when the snowfall comes, that snow gets into our reservoirs. Open the windows of heaven, hopefully. Huh? Yes. <laughs> Very All good. Right, Zach. Brad, thank you for coming on today. Great to see you. A great job today. Uh, Zach, 
Always a pleasure, man. I, yeah. I, you know, you uh, you could be a doomsayer and come in and say, oh, we're all going to die. <laughs> you don't do that. You you give us a full picture, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's good to be here. I appreciate that. Again, Andy Griffin Show tomorrow. Mayor Kenny Nielsen from Washington City will be on the program. Kenny is going to come on, and I believe we're trying to get the new city attorney on the air as well with us uh, on the Andy Griffin Show. And then we've got Open Line Friday coming up. Next Monday is Memorial Day. Uh, remember those that have served our country.